Hello guys, today we are going to discuss about e-commerce marketing, how you can set up your marketing messages, how you can sell and increase results. Even more, we are going to unite this with AI, ChatGPT, how you can use this tool, this technology to grow your results. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Kurt Elstar. How are you? I'm well yourself. Thanks for having me. I remember our first episode, so valuable. I want to learn more. <laughs> and uh, the that's why I decided to invite you one more time. I'm blessed to get great speakers like you on my show. Kurt, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background. Uh, remind our audience about yourself or new listeners. Tell uh, more about you, about your business and why you pay uh, so much attention to e-commerce marketing and this technology, ChatGPT. Sure. I Well, I've worked in uh, e-commerce for the last 20 years, and I've been a Shopify partner for the last 11 years. And I've been working on Shopify uh, full-time for almost 10 years now. Uh, we run a, a small agency in uh, Chicago, and we just work exclusively with Shopify merchants. But it, it's such a, a fast-moving competitive, difficult environment, especially with uh, pay-per-click ads and, and try to acquire new customers profitably. So anything that gives us an edge to either improve profitability through efficiency, so like marketing automation, or gives us an edge uh, to get more, build more efficient sales funnels in e-commerce, I'm absolutely all over. And AI and ChatGPT become this unavoidable thing that seems to be enabling that. Nice, nice. You know, I used AI before ChatGPT. Right now I can use like a regular tool, you know, ChatGPT. And can you tell how to do it right? Because I see when people create uh, generic prompts, uh, ask generic questions, uh, and but 100 million users can do it the same. So any tips how to do it right, how to create something new by using this tool because in most cases it's generic without creativity and many marketers complain they can't get creative result but uh, it's not golden button we need to use it smart any tips about that sure absolutely i think where people get into trouble is they sit it down in front of it and they give it something really open-ended and they say hey you're gonna you're going to develop some new original content for me, ChatGPT. They just sit down, they say, write my business plan for very successful e-commerce business. And of course, it will happily make something up, but it's not going to be great. And it's going to be really kind of average. It has a, a tone of voice on its own if you don't tell it otherwise. Aha. That's like, number one, that's some of the magic is when working with it, you have to give it a role. Like it really is expecting you to tell it what its role is doing. ChatGPT loves to role play. And so if you say you are an e-commerce marketer, you are a Shopify expert, you are XYZ, you know, tell it the job it is supposed to be doing for you, with you, as you, whatever. Immediately you get a better result with that. The other thing I find is you can really define tone of voice for it. So you might say, hey, you're a content marketer. And ChatGPT will say, yeah, I'm a content marketer. And you say, look, your audience is uh, entrepreneur merchants and you write in a tone of voice, that is. And then you could tell it how you want it to talk. And ideally, you know, that's going to be your brand voice or your voice. So you say, hey, be conversational, informal, humorous, 
And then you could define how it writes too. You could say, look, use casual language. Sometimes, occasionally use slang, use humor and wit. Write at a, you could say sixth grade level if you want to keep it simple. Um, you know, don't be negative, be positive, avoid unnecessary moder modifiers, don't be vague, refrain from hyperbole. Um, never use exclamation points. I like that one. It, it really loves to use exclamation points. And so when you do that stuff, like immediately it starts to sound more natural. And when you limit it or when you define for it, like this is your role, this is your job, this is what you're doing for me, it starts to get better. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, let's start uh, from the basic. I mean, like how to learn customers, uh, users before uh, creating these prompts. Because I see when companies don't know how to find what kind of audience they have. They usually replicate competitors. It's not a good idea because competitors might have their unique selling proposition, uh, their strong side. We need to find ours. So can you tell how to learn audience or customers before uh, creating these prompts uh, to be more friendly, use uh, this style, I, I don't know, like a friendly style, a simple style. So any tips uh, how to learn before uh, creating prompts? So ideally, you, know, you understand your audience in advance, but I think there is a, a clarification point for people who are new with ChatGPT. It's that it doesn't have anything after 2021 as far as data. It does not have access to the internet. That's a really common misconception because it is exceptionally good at making things up and faking it. Uh, so if you say, hey, who's the audience for you know, xyz.com, acmecorp.com, it will happily make up the answer and probably be fairly convincing when it does it. And so you can't just say, hey, tell me what my audience is like because it is going to make it up and be wrong. I think this is the point where, where it's really good is rewriting things. And so survey your customers. And then once you have that survey data, give it to ChatGPT and say, hey, I'm going to paste in a series of customer survey answers. And when I'm done, I'll type done. It'll say, I'm ready. And then just paste, 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 type done. And then say, okay. And then ask it a question about what you just fed it. And it will absolutely do it. And then you could even say, hey, based on, uh, you could do that same trick with product reviews. You put the product reviews in and ask it questions about the product reviews. And that'll work. But I think understanding your audience, maybe that's one of, it's like a very human thing that you don't necessarily want to farm out to the AI, right? Do Customer servers are great, but... Talking to your customer one-on-one -on -one is the best way to get to know them and develop that profile. But once you have it and you understand it, it becomes much easier um, to work work with the AI on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, agree. Can you give practical tips how to learn audience? Uh, I mean, like uh, by setting this surveys, polls, uh, or sending emails, or talking to... Uh, salespeople because i see when people uh use this data wrong they don't understand how uh, uh i mean like practical ways uh, how to do it right uh, any tips about that well for sure i like doing uh survey questions so it could be exit mm -hmm. when they make a purchase hey how'd you hear about us and what was the one reason you bought like something like that could be really helpful um but also surveying past customers, you know, grab everybody from the last six months and ask them about themselves. You know, hey, why'd you buy? How'd you hear about us? If it wasn't for us, who else would you buy from instead? Just like, what are you trying to solve here? 
who would you recommend us to? If you were to recommend us to someone, how would you describe us? To what kind of person would you recommend us? Right? And asking similar questions in different ways, you get great answers. Sometimes I like you do an open-ended question with some hyperbole, like maybe you solve some pain or problem. And it's like, you know, you solve like cleaning windshield glass. And so the question is like, tell us what, what drives you insane about cleaning your windshield glass. And you get some good answers that way. Once you have the survey data and it's in a spreadsheet and you can just copy and paste it into like a column of text, then it becomes much easier to ask ChatGTP, hey, you know, what's the common theme here? Hey, can you summarize this? Hey, can you provide me highlights? And it'll, you know, you've got a hundred answers and it'll happily go through and figure it out for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that you uh, cooperate with Shopify more than 10 years. And uh, we know that Shopify uh, is the biggest e-commerce platform, uh, like WordPress in blogging niche. So can you tell uh, what kind of advantages Shopify have compared to others? Because um, I see when um, webmasters don't like this platform, they think that it's hard to optimize for SEO. Uh, I think uh, if you don't know features, <laughs> yeah, probably it's hard. But if you know how it works, it's not hard. Any uh, insights about Shopify, I mean, like advantages compared to other platforms? Well, I think the the big advantage with Shopify is the ecosystem, right? At this point, they have this huge network of partners, of resources, and of applications and third-party integrations. And when you have that level of support for something, you know, it's very much like um, when iOS opened the App Store, where you just add so much utility into it. And like there's, you know, no matter what feature, function, or thing you're trying to do with it, chances are there's an app for that, right? And so I think that is, that's the big advantage with Shopify. Other than that, it's also, you know, it's easy to use. I'm not dealing with self-hosting and, and getting into issues with that. Um, but the, you know, that SEO question, I that may or may not have been true years ago. Today, it, it is certainly not true. You know, SEO and Shopify is really no different than any other content management system. Um, but even like, you know, Yoast SEO, that's like the number one most popular WordPress SEO plugin. They have an SEO plugin for Shopify as well, right? You have access to robots.txt uh, now. It writes, it uh, does a great job of writing uh, sitemap XML. Um, it's got open graph tags built into there. It, it, it's got everything you want SEO wise. Yeah, yeah, SEO, yeah, uh, has features for Wix, for Shopify, yeah, it's plugin not only <laughs> exclusively for WordPress. And uh, Kurt, I have the question about creating the right marketing strategy. Uh, once I watched interview with Bill Gates and he said, for example, if he has product A and product B, after investing X amount of money to product A and product B, if product B sells two times more, the second time, he will invest 2x money to product B, ignoring product A. Simple, yeah? But in life, it's not simple like this. And uh, I often see when companies uh, pay attention to all products that they have. You know, um, sometimes it's not a good idea uh, because best-selling products can bring a lot more. For example, if uh, we open Apple.com, in the first visible screen, I see only iPhone. I don't see MacBook, AirPod, Apple Watch, uh, only iPhone. Because iPhone is responsible for 40% of all sales. Sometimes Apple can change. 
the main product uh, after launching uh, a new MacBook. Yeah, we can see MacBook because uh, at that time, MacBook can bring a lot more sales. So can you tell about setting priorities uh, in your marketing strategy? For example, uh, if we create strategy and uh, with limited resources and almost all companies have limited resources in marketing, so we need to pay attention to specific products that will bring more results. Any tips how to do it right? Sure. I think focusing on having a narrow focus and everything you do will make it easier for you to market your own business because it becomes very clear what it is you do, what it is you sell and who you service. And the same is true for the customer. It makes it so much easier for them to understand whether you are a good fit for them or not, whether they should spend time deciding if they should spend their money with you or not. And so focusing it's very easy with an e-commerce store to import a whole bunch of products and then have way too much stuff and get absolutely nowhere with it. And I get why people do it. If I have a very big net, I will catch more fish. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that with e-commerce. And so having that narrow focus really benefits you. And so if like focus to a category, focus to a product type, a subcategory of a, a vertical or focus on a specific pain or problem you solve. There has to be some like very focused something about the business. Like I worked with a brand um, that was selling a, a variety of products and their top five products were all vehicle accessories. And I said, look, you have to just, your marketing will get easier. Everything will get easier when you just accept that your vehicle accessories company now. You shouldn't be selling hats. You shouldn't be selling this other stuff. Vehicle accessories is 80% of your revenue. So just sell that. Be those people. And it hadn't occurred to them. Like they, they were shocked mm -hmm. by it. But, you know, from the outside looking in, it's often much easier to see these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about common mistakes. You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, you know, but I don't know another way how to learn. Because it's hard to get this the right knowledge in college, in school, uh, by reading blogs, uh, guides. So I think everyone starts from basic strategies, uh, best practices. Then we can adapt to change and uh, make some difference. Can you tell about common mistakes that companies still do uh, by creating e-commerce marketing strategy and your tips how to find a much better way? I think the, yeah, there's a few common mistakes. One is not... When you start, you don't have any customers. And so you are your own best customer. But very by the time I have 10 customers, I should be talking to them and having a, a better understanding of them versus, you know, if it's just me um, as my own best customer. So like not growing, looking past that initial like, well, I like it, therefore that's what we do stage. Uh, that's common early on. The and it's tough because you're emotionally invested in it as the the brand founder. I think the other mistake people make is not giving marketing channels a chance. You know, hey, we try like oh, we tried Facebook ad once and it wasn't profitable, so Facebook ads don't work. Wait, what? Um, if if you tried a single thing one time and it didn't work, that doesn't mean that like that just doesn't work for you. You may want to revisit it. We yeah, I see that a lot. And then the probably the the third most common mistake we see is similar to your earlier question, just that really broad 
product market fit, messaging, positioning, where it's just, it's not clear quite what your specialty is or who you're for. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It takes time with uh, research. And uh, I'm interested about uh, emotional part. You know, 75% of all decisions are emotions. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first uh, uh, advertisement about uh, airport. Yeah. Uh, and that was not like uh, 10 gigabytes uh, on this small gadget. That was like a thousand songs in your pocket, you know. So, uh, but I see when brands uh, highlight features, a lot of features. Other brands might have the same features. Uh, it's better to uh, create the feeling of uh, submitting a lot more than just features. And for me, then uh, I, I mean, like a thousand songs, uh, you know, sound much better than you know, <laughs> ten gigabyte or a hundred gigabyte. Can you tell? How to find the right message in your marketing uh, that uh, customers will love? Because most uh, marketing uh, paid ads, you know, campaigns are generic, you know, nothing special, and people can ignore fast them. And the best, the best way that I have improved conversions consistently has been by improving the copywriting on the site. And the best way I found to improve copywriting is to rewrite customer's language. If I can get customer reviews, if I can get enough customer reviews, that's going to reveal the reality of the buying experience. It's going to reveal how people talk about it. And it's going to tell me why they buy, what that emotion is, and maybe what they were concerned about before they bought. That's where you could get really interesting uh, with ChatGPT. If you have 25 reviews for a product, that is a ton. You can tell ChatGPT, hey, I'm going to give you, you're an e-commerce copywriter. I'm going to paste in 25 reviews and I'll type done when I finished it. And I'll let you do it. And then you say, okay, write a 500 word Amazon style product description for that product based on those product reviews. It'll do it. And then you go, all right, give me that five different ways. And then you pick the one you like. Uh, but customer language, voice of customer, by far the the most phenomenal and, and best way to get to that emotion because they're not guessing they're not faking it they're they're telling you the reality of of what buying that product was like mm -hmm. you know you mentioned about writing i i love writing you know i think uh reading books uh, my yeah i think it's, it's the best format you know to consume and learn uh content uh but i see when companies have no experience with writing that's okay you know they uh need to create the best product uh compete with many big brands and uh they usually tell them uh it's not like 10 years ago when you uh open up work hire someone uh um, this someone can create uh, or write content, then you can submit Google uh, ranked well. And uh, even 10 years ago, I had a, a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. I gave them topics, weight loss, finance, anything. They wrote Google ranked. Today it's not. You know, Google fired all these people. Uh, today uh, I usually cooperate with experts who know the topic. So can you tell how to find these experts? You mentioned about writing. It's important. It's like foundation of any website content. Uh, yeah. Any tips how to find great writers who will, who can learn your product and create great content? Oh, that one's really tough. You know, I found 
looking for domain experts or trying to hire from your own email list, you know, especially if it's like something very specialized is a, a good way to do it. Um, often, yeah, if it's like, hey, I need someone who knows this very technical thing or you know, this very like hobby-based thing, you need someone who knows it. That's the tough part. Otherwise, your other option is like you write it yourself, do a crappy job, and then have a writer punch it up for you. Um, and that's another good job for chat GPT is copy editing. It, is that it's very yeah. good. Um, the, but no, of, of the roles to fill in an e-commerce business, we have found uh, copywriting, content creation in general is a, is a tougher role to fill, but copywriting specifically, really tough to fill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes time. You know, for example, I usually uh, search for bloggers who write about specific topics. Then uh, my team uh, reach out to them. Uh, I mean, like we create a list of bloggers plus thousand people. We check out their content. If uh, this content uh, has traffic, I mean, like SEO traffic from Google, then we reach out to them and most of them don't reply. Some of them can uh, reply, but they are busy or have some uh, so expensive price. Uh, and uh, but uh, a tiny percent of them, like uh, two five people, can give suitable conditions, great content. So it takes time, like uh, a few months, to find these people to cooperate with them. But it's the same with any hiring process. <laughs> you need to uh, spend time with that. Uh, but you know, I found another thing. For example. If I have a new client who uh, doesn't understand SEO, I usually tell them, take my course. It costs like $10-$20. You can learn from great experts like Lily Ray, Mike Phillips, Jeff Coyle, many others. Uh, because uh, I found if people understand SEO, we can cooperate like a cohesive team. We can create uh, goals uh, that will provide results. But if people don't understand, I don't know how to get results. Uh, it's the same like to lose weight. Now, uh, if someone want to lose weight, uh, can find the best coach. But uh, these people need to understand why they need to eat healthy food, to drink water, to train hard. Uh, yeah, because uh, it's related to the result. Can you tell about writing, how to improve writing skills, how to make your hands dirty? You know, uh, in order to understand that you will hire the right people who will create great text for your website. The, you know, I think the the first part is you you have to find your voice. And so for me, I used uh, text to speech or speech Mm -hmm. to text where I, you know, you use Siri and you dictate to it. And you discover that when you're trying to find your voice in writing, the way you write and the way you talk are often totally different. And that's probably why like maybe writing is tough for you is because you're making it unnatural. When you try and make it, more natural and start with like, well, okay, this is my initial voice. Um, just how I would say this out loud. That's easier. And I think the other issue is, is people try to like start with a perfect draft. It's way easier to just go like, oh, look, I'm going to make something just a sloppy mess here and then start editing that and improving that and working from that um, makes life significantly easier. But, you know, the reality is people who write professionally do not write from scratch. They use outlines and templates um, and if you Google around, you can find a lot of those like copy hackers is a really 
uh, great site for copywriting formulas. Uh, the one I use is uh, from a book called The Brain Audit by Sean DeSouza. That's really helpful for um, both like sales letters, product detail pages. It works really well for that. Uh, but yeah, once you once you get your tone of voice down, then apply it to uh, a framework outline uh, or template and then edit that. And the end result will be really good. Better than you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, uh, how much to write, how long content should be. Because, you know, for example, if I open apple.com, yeah, I mentioned about apple.com and uh, I see very simple text. Very simple. You know, nothing special, make difference, a few words, uh, nice looking pictures. But uh, most landing pages have a lot of text, features, uh, explanations, why this product is good. So can you tell how to find the balance? Probably people know about Apple and Apple doesn't need to tell more about iPhone, other products. It's enough to have a few words, but who knows? Probably people need it. <laughs> so any tips how to find the balance between writing a lot and writing less uh, or uh, how to find this medium you know, uh, in your writing? <laughs> It's a good question. The, you know, it, it's easy to write a little. Once you start to get good at it, it's easy to just ramble and write too much. You know, the, the answer, of course, is it depends. Uh, I, for, and it, large, it depends on context and, and what we're trying to sell here. Um, but it, like, I would look at what does my audience know? If I'm selling T-shirts, my audience knows what a t-shirt is. I don't have to really explain it. I don't need 500 words to sell a t-shirt. Maybe that'll help. I should try it. Um, but I don't need it. Versus if I'm like trying to sell a brand new product for the first time and maybe, you know, some kind of electronics, some kind of gadget, then I'm going to have to really explain in detail with, or depending on the price. The higher that price goes, the more explaining I probably have to do. But if you get Amazon listings for any product, you know, it's like intro, it, it, they're like, hey, they do these tight like bullet paragraphs with, you know, one or two sentences and then bullet points. And then they'll have like an even longer section. I like that format where you have lead with like, hey, here are the bullet point highlights for people who just want to skim and like one, one or two sentences that summarizes it. And then a, a then additional details, you know, a, a much longer version where we spell everything out. And that's where you do like accordion menus. The other advantage to having that longer content is ah, if I've written the long content, fairly easy to edit that down and use it for other stuff. Like maybe uh, it becomes an email series on a a welcome newsletter, which really like those could sell very well. Mm -hmm. I opened your LinkedIn profile because I love opening LinkedIn profiles. And, you know, <laughs> I see uh, on your LinkedIn profile that you host of your Shopify podcast, an unofficial Shopify podcast, but with 2 million downloads, please. So can you tell uh, what kind of value do you bring to your audience, you know, uh, on your podcast, if you got 2 million downloads, because, you know, I love listening to podcasts, but I have a lot of podcasts and I have no time to listen a teeny percent of them. So can you give me and my audience strong reason to listen to your podcast? What kind of value can we get to increase the number of these downloads? 
every week, unfailing, for the last 500 weeks, we have published. And every week is a uh, an, an interview with an e-commerce entrepreneur or e-commerce professional. Uh, and every week is a, a discussion on something that is going to move the needle on your business. Now, will every episode apply to every person? Probably not. So go ahead, cherry pick the ones that make sense for your business. But at this point, it, it, it's quite the wealth of information and interesting people, but all of them are in the e-commerce industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you share how you find ideas for your podcast? Uh, so any tools do you use or you ask your guests to share these ideas? Yeah, any tips about that? The Well, for finding the guests, you know, often what, what's been helpful uh, is reaching out or asking as when we get an interesting guest, asking them, hey, who else should we have on? And that brings you to know, some of the most tremendous uh, ideas and introductions as well as, uh, you know, if I have a, if someone is interesting to me, the podcast becomes a Trojan horse to me because I just want to have a conversation with them for 40 minutes. And so inviting him on the podcast is a really great way to do that. Um, the, that's helpful. And then as far as topics go, I want to know what they're passionate about and I want to know how that came to be. You know, I want some of that journey, but then I also, I want that takeaway. I want them to, to teach me something, give me part of that expert domain knowledge. <laughs> yeah, Kurt, uh, I have the question about your experience. Uh, let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience in Shopify. You have no 10 years of experience because I have some people who are looking for ways how to start a first project, first website first e-commerce business and uh, if they want to choose Shopify can you tell what would you do today to learn more about Shopify before launching a new project you know I think the the first thing step one of any e-commerce business regardless of what platform it's on is who's the audience how do we build the audience start building the audience the mm -hmm. same day you say I'm going to start an online business right there is the, the best time was yesterday. The second best time is today. Um, that's where I would start because that's always the hard part. And once that's going, and then you can start to try to figure out, oh, what am I going to sell them? And then from there, all right, let's get the online store up and use it as a way to um, test interest and gather emails you know, and, and try and build a, a list to sell to. But like initially, we've seen people where, they don't necessarily even have the product that they're selling. You know, it's like a limited pre-order just to see if people actually would, right, before they invest the money into it. And you could also do that like with Kickstarter style pre-orders, you know, crowdfund it. Um, that works too. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is your way to build this audience? Uh, because, yeah, I see influencers use many different ways. Uh, your way, how to build audience? You know, for me podcasting is, is what I'm good at. It's what I know. So that's where we would go. But that's also, you know, it takes time to build the podcast. Like minimum, you're, you're going to be at that for six months. And that's assuming you're publishing regularly, plus getting on, getting yourself in onto other people's podcasts in the space um, to help grow it qu more quickly. But you have to look at like, all right, I think no matter what, you're going to be creating content. There's no way out. 
And so you have to look at, well, what is the kind of content I'm good at creating? Some people are great at writing. That's awesome for SEO. You can write blogs and that's, you build that right into the Shopify store. Um, if I'm good at uh, extemporaneous speaking and interviewing, so podcasts work for me. Maybe you know how to edit video and you're good at it. You love it. All right, let's do YouTube tutorials. I think you got to start with what are you good at and passionate about? And if we, you could start there, that's great because that, that enthusiasm is going to drive you because initially you're not making any money. You know, you have to be passionate about it to keep going. Otherwise, it, it gets pretty painful. Yeah, I know. You, you remind me about my experience once I launched a new project because of chasing money. I felt that I can earn uh, a lot of money because uh, this was an interesting project, but I have no idea. I had no idea how it works. You know, I just uh, wasted three years, a lot of resources, <laughs> my time, money. I hired a, a big team. And after three years, I gave up, quit this project and got it. No way. I will never go ahead with something that I don't like. Because, you know, if you enjoy the process, if you love uh, what you do, uh, as you mentioned about this passion, then it doesn't matter. You have results, you have no results. You can make five years everything wrong, but go ahead because you love it. And uh, I learned a few, um, a few examples. For, I don't remember the name of this guy, but he's a friend of Jeff Bezos. And he couldn't sell his products for 14 years. Today, this company has uh, comp offices in uh, plus 50 countries. Uh, Jeff Bezos uh, told about this guy, he's crazy, <laughs> but 14 years he did something that didn't bring any sales uh, because he loved the experience. He believed that he can achieve anything and uh, I think it's the same without passion, never touch anything. If you don't like it, if, you, if it hurts your feeling, leave it, <laughs> find something else. It's not about money, it's more about happiness. If you happy to do something, then money will come in some shiny day. Yeah, I agree with you. And Kurt, my final question about the future. You know, we have today AI uh, that changed the world. Uh, and uh, Bill Gates said that the era of AI has begun. Can you tell uh, what kind of future will be in Shopify, in e-commerce business, and how we need to adapt AI today? to uh, achieve high results in the future? Well, I think that the thing that we're seeing immediately is AI is really good at accelerating content creation. Um, that's, that's already happening now. That's been happening. I think the, the next stage is we're going to see uh, customer service augmented or at least like the initial phase of customer service replaced with AI. And it's not like people haven't tried that before. I think we're just seeing a, we're getting a, we're getting better, smarter, more powerful versions of the tools we already know, right? It's like the tool you already use plus AI. And so it, it, often it, it works better. And HubSpot that's- HubSpot has, HubSpot has this feature right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, for creating, for writing the, AI creates our transcript. And then once I have the transcript, I have AI write highlights. And once I have the highlights, I have AI write uh, the show notes. And if I've 
got to do that. And I'll tell it like, hey, based on this transcript of these show notes, write me 20 versions of the episode title and none of them can be longer than 50 characters. And it'll do it. And then I'll just pick, well, this one's my favorite or I'll like combine two. You know, like, and I don't know that it necessarily saves me time, but I do know that the end result is better, that I'm now in more consistent. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Kurt, it's a big pleasure again to see on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to subscribe to your podcast, how to follow you. Sure. Uh, Google me, Kurt Elster. Check out KurtElster.com. Got links to everything there, and you can sign up for my newsletter. Okay, guys, you can find the link in the description below. If you don't know how to use Google, <laughs> use description links. Uh, listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Love it. So valuable as usual. You know how to share value as much as possible. Guys, I recommend to anyone to listen to Kurt podcast because you can see a lot of value. Okay, love you. See you.